Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the A Little Less Fear podcast. I am your host for the show, Dr. Lino Martinez. Oh yeah. Welcome back to A Little Less Fear Podcast. I'm Lino Martinez. You can call me The Doc. You can call me Dr. Lino. Or you can just call me Lino. Or Lean Dog. Little little Lean Dog. But anyways, uh, hey. Happy LGBTQIA month. It's been quite a month. And it's been an amazing month, actually. We started off... Let's see. the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last three people I interviewed. I interviewed John Noltner at... Last name N as Nancy O L T N as Nancy E R. He um, he's amazing. He's got an art project. It's called A Piece of My Mind, and he uses art and photography to create social change. He's a social activist, and he travels all over the world, all over the nation, with his wife in an incredible caravan that he had custom made, where he also edits and records and interviews people from everywhere. He's an amazing guy. He's, he's been on Fortune 500. He's been on a lot of podcasts. And, and um, yeah, quite a motivator for reals, for real deal. And then um, after that was followed by a coming out series with uh, Lee Hopkins and Lisa Sugarman talking about uh, basically their lives and what it's been like coming out and the the beauty of coming out because it's 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 really wonderful and not only is it wonderful but it's stress relieving and it's just motivating and it uplifts people when you can be yourself and and just come out come out of the dark after that was followed by an interview with Philip Montrose he explores how to connect with the soul heals and and gives yourself direction and inner wisdom. He's written so many books, and he's also co-written with his wife. He's an amazing guy, Philip Montrose. He's got an incredible website as well. And um, that's the, yeah, that, those were the last three. So, hey, welcome to the end of LGBTQIA month. I'm Lino, and I'm a trans man. My very, very first podcast was called I Am a Trans Man. <laughs> And let me tell you, it was not easy to record. Now that I can look back over 90-something episodes, I'm losing count, but it's, it's they're amazing. Everybody is equally valid, and it's just been an amazing, beautiful journey. But I decided to do the very, very first podcast uh, with me coming out as being transgender and because I felt that was the biggest fear that I had, actually. And that's why I even wrote my book called A Little Less Fear, and that's on uh, Amazon, and it's also available on Kindle. Uh, and I decided to name the podcast A Little Less Fear as well because there was always fear, and I got tired of having fear. You know, I'm tired of fears. Everyone's got fear. People are living in fears. And when you're living in fears, you're drowning yourself. You're not You're not allowing yourself to breathe. You're not giving yourself your own personal motivation to just be yourself. Be, be, be. Be you. And, uh, yeah, so I <laughs> I guess I got the uh, 
I got the balls to come out, and it was not the easiest podcast. It was probably the hardest one. It was the first one. They always say it's the hardest one anyway, but for me, it was hard because I just straight up went for it, and I just wanted the world to know, hey, people are going to want to know. I'm here to represent humanity, and one of my representations is who I was before, and who I was before was a female. Her name was Carolina. She was beautiful. She was awesome. She was a badass biatch. And I've carried her, a lot of her energy with me. She still lives with me. I mean, I'm so grateful to have been both genders. I transitioned when I was 34 years old, a 34-year-old female. And by then, I had already completed my doctorate in clinical psychology. So I've got her to thank so much. She gave me a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and a doctorate degree. And she overcame over 30 surgeries. Lino has overcome about 10 surgeries. But uh, for those tuning in for the first time, I also have a genetic disease called Mucklewell syndrome that's statistically one in a million in the United States and one in every 500,000 in Europe because it's more common in the European descent. So my story goes, how my story goes here is, uh, well, I always thought I was a boy. From the time I was a little kid, I thought I was a boy and I realized I wasn't a boy or that I was different than other boys when... My, um, I was being babysat by my uncle and these two boys showed me their weenie ween. And when I reached in my pants to grab mine, I then realized I didn't have a weenie weenie. And, uh, but you know what? I still didn't think I wasn't a boy. I just thought I was missing something that they had. And it just wasn't a big deal after that. I still wanted to play with the boy. I wanted to be like a boy. But growing up in 1984, 1985, um, East Los Angeles where uh, it's very highly, Latino and Catholic, my parents didn't know anything else other than to raise me as what they thought was the best way to raise me, which the genitalia showed that I was mostly female. So they raised me as a female, 100%. Bows in my hair, little dresses, little little socks, shiny shoes. All my pictures as a kid was me being as girly as possible. And I can't say that I loved it, but I did it because it was what I had to do. I was a little kid. And... um. I remember when I started to feel more like a boy was when I was eight years old. I went to Catholic school and I remember staring at this one boy and I, he was playing the jungle gym and, and I, I, I was trying to stand like him from a distance. I don't know why I was copying him, but I liked the way that he looked and I wanted to look like him. And I was so upset that the girls had to wear Catholic school dresses. Like, why do I have to wear this Catholic school dress? You know, I want to wear corduroy pants gray corduroy pants and a white polo shirt like all the boys i didn't understand that i had to wear a dress because i was a girl and that was it it just made no sense to me and i don't know if my mom remembers but i remember giving her a hard time and always wanting to wear pants and even making it an excuse because girls could wear pants if it was cold outside and i remember like oh i want to wear pants and i just couldn't wait i couldn't wait and i loved my gray corduroy pants when i did finally get some and then um Geez, puberty started to hit, and I started to get curves uh, and places that I didn't want to get curves. I started to develop getting breasts. I hated them, um, but I had to. I had to go with it. And I had to go with it because I had no choice. And then uh, I decided. Let's see here. I came out as a lesbian, or that I liked girls when I was fourteen years old, and I do remember having crushes on girls and I also remember having crushes on boys at the time but I didn't know that it, there was any 
thing that I had to define. I didn't know that I had to be bisexual or that I had to even give myself any type of pronouns or give myself any type of definition because I, I just felt what I felt and I was going with it. And every time I would tell my parents how I felt, it would just break their heart and they would be upset and they would argue with each other and say, oh, this comes from your side of the family as if it was a disease. It was awful. It was awful to go through it. And then... Um, I had to have a quinceanera for those listening to the for the first time. A quinceanera is a sweet sixteen, beautiful, big birthday bash when I turned fifteen, and basically turning fifteen in the Latino community it means you're a young lady now and you can date now. Yeah, right. But that's <laughs> that's how it was. I had a huge birthday and it was really beautiful and I actually really enjoyed myself. Did not enjoy the whole hair, getting my nails done, getting lipstick, and wearing this beautiful dress that I had to wear. But I did it to please my family. And uh, I'm, they were very happy, so happy that they watched that video every day for like seven years. And it was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, okay. I then realized, quickly realized that this party was really for them, not for me. Because I, I don't remember ever really loving the fact that I had one. Other than the fact that I got to sing a Gloria Stefan song. Anything for you, though you're not here. It was anything for you. And it was the first time that I sang in front of a lot of people. And I believe we had about 300 people. And it was I was nervous. And I did a really great job. Thank you, Gloria. You rock. And, uh, yeah. So, to make the long story short, I continued dating girls behind my parents' back. Because it was just not allowed. And then in between, I had a lot of people telling me, Hey, how do you know you're a lesbian if you haven't been with a guy? You haven't been with a guy. So, again, to please society, to please the world, I started being with guys. And lo and behold, I ended up, I did not hate it. I actually liked it. So now I started identifying as a, les, as a I'm sorry, as a bisexual. But when I was with a girl, I said I was a lesbian. When I was with a guy, I said I was straight. And I just, I just went with it. It's just how it was in 1994, 1995, 1996. And then, uh, let's see, let's continue here on with the years. Oh, my goodness, I'm 42 years old now. If you want to know the entire story, you can check out my book, A Little Less Fear Pod... I'm sorry, that's my podcast. Oh my goodness, slow down. A Little Less Fear book. It's a memoir about my entire story from the time I was born through all the surgeries that I've had to help me survive this crazy genetic disease uh, along with my transition, my gender, my sexuality. You'll find it all there. So to make the long story short, uh, when I was 21, I was in a relationship with a female. The longest relationship I had uh, with a female was a l about two years. And I remember telling her how I felt like I was a guy. And I realized this at a party that she had. It was her birthday party, and she had invited a lot of her lesbian friends. And they were like, you know, very like butch lesbians, and then there were the femme lesbians, and they were very artsy, and they were really accepting and really loving. But I remember asking some of the lesbians that look more masculine if they, and privately, I asked them during, at the same party, I'd asked them if they ever felt like a man, like a guy, when they were with their girlfriend, and they said no. And they both said no, and they both looked at me kind of odd, like, why are you asking this? I'm a lesbian, and I'm proud, and I'm happy. And I remember just not feeling that lesbian feeling I always felt like a man when I was with a woman and I remember telling my girlfriend at the time I told her how I felt and she was so accepting she even she even allowed me to explore looking more masculine cutting my hair shorter wearing less makeup letting my armpit hair grow letting my leg hair grow and she she was very welcoming so was her mother so dear bless her heart she was very very welcoming and I uh, was just very grateful for that relationship and having me explore that part of myself 
and then I dated some guys in between. Uh, I tried to enforce myself to be as feminine as possible. I even tried being straight. I even let my hair grow long. I had the curves. I had, I had a beautiful female body, and I wore a lot of lipstick, a lot of makeup, and I was a hot girl. Let me tell you, I was very beautiful. And uh, it was fun. It was fun playing the part. And I'll say playing the part because it wasn't me. It wasn't satisfying who I was as a person, the person masculine energy that I feel alive today. And um, yeah, so then my disease started to activate. I say activate, but it may have activated a long time ago. But it started to progress when I was 26 years old. And, and in between then, between 26 years old, and I, I was dating men and women again, and the last girlfriend I had was when I was 34 years old. And by then, I had already had, oh, geez, um, I want to say a little over 25, 30 surgeries or so. And it was all to save my urinary bladder that I basically lost my ability to pee because of this disease. But at the time, I had a girlfriend, and I had revealed to her that I was transgender and because I had just been discovering since I spent so much time alone, home, um, disabled, I was able to do a lot of research. And that's when transgender, that's when um, Jen, Jenner, what's your name? I'm so sorry, Jenner. Jenner, I can't think of your name right now because my mind is going a little too fast. But anyways, when Jenner came out as being a trans woman, I started exploring more of what it means to be trans and I was like oh my goodness this is it this is me and then it just all made sense to me I'm a man I've always been a man and I've always felt comfortable wearing a hat or sunglasses or basketball shorts t-shirts and even in my closet when I was a female I had my female side clothes and my male side clothes and the female side clothes were for society and my male clothes were when I was home alone by myself and I realized that that home alone by myself person was who I am, who I am now. And I wanted to be more of that person because that's where all the joy was. That's where all the love was. And I knew that if I didn't become that person, the person that had all that joy, the person behind the doors, if I didn't become that person, I was going to die and that this disease was going to take my life. And so lo and behold, when I decided to transition, things started aligning up for me. I started to, I found the right doctors. I got on the right medications. I even had four more surgeries um, in addition to all the surgeries that I already had, had endured. And I had these surgeries to complete my transition, to complete myself and into feeling wholesome. And uh, I've been single since. I've been single since I started my transition at 34 years old and I'm 42 years old now. I've dated, I've dated only men because women for some reason, actually, you know, I've dated one woman. And she was a young girl. I can't even say she's a woman because she was like 19. Oh, my goodness. But I was 36, 37 at the time. I feel awful about it. I'm so sorry. I feel awful about it because I was going through puberty and everything was brand new to me. And that's what I was attracting. I was attracting people at that age, the same pubescent level. And I, I quickly realized it wasn't for me. And I wish her well. Definitely wish her lots of love. And uh, I've been attracting a lot of men lately, and so I've been dating men. But overall, I feel myself very free-spirited. I'm not sure. I mean, I say I'm pansexual, but I'm not 100% sure if that clearly defines me. But right now, that is a definition that suits me well. Pansexual meaning that I don't, date, that I don't judge people that are male, female, or um, transgender, or demi fluid or any any of those new terms that exist that some of them I'm still trying to grasp a, uh, an understanding of but 
other than that, I just represent love and I represent humanity. I represent people that are disabled. I represent the deaf community. I represent transgenders. I represent gay, straight, cis, all of the above, all of the colorful colors that are seen and unseen. I'm here to motivate people to, and to make a change in the world. And the change is to bring everybody together. I can't wait to share my future with all of you. And I'm so grateful that all of you have come along with me on this beautiful journey. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for making this a successful podcast. This is for you. This is for all of you. And um, keep shining bright. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in to A Little Less Fear Podcast.